You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show Thursday edition, which means our guest Chris Rabon of the Action Network will join us today making a six-pack of best bets for this weekend's games. And we'll preview Thursday night football as well, Chargers at Raiders. This football season has been extremely different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day. No matter how you watch, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. That's BD Peacock on Twitter is where you can find me, the scout, Matt Williamson, at Williamson NFL. Our guest today, as is every Thursday, Chris Raybon of the Action Network. He's going to make his six-pack of best bets for Sunday's games. But hold on, it's December, not just Sunday. We've got Saturday games now. That's what point in the season we are. And I love it. I love This is my favorite day of the week because we know we get Thursday Night football coming tonight. Now we've got Saturday games, and uh, you guys are getting snow on the East Coast, right? And, of course, the best part of Thursdays, we get to chat with Chris Raybon of the Action Network. Chris, how are you, man? Thank you, thank you. Uh, yeah, we're getting some snow, first snow of the the year, so it looks looks nice outside. It's nice and white, but, uh, yeah, man, I'm excited for these. I'm excited for these games. You know, we got games set. Instead of, like, Tuesday and Wednesday, we got some Saturday games. So. Yeah, much better. Go That's figure. more like it. Good Saturdays stuff. are much more for football than Tuesdays and Wednesdays. <laughs> good point. Let's dig in. It's yeah. a good slate. Let's do it. This is a, this is a huge slate of games and, and playoff pushes for some teams, and some teams are going to be uh, disappointed trying to get into the playoffs and, and on the outside looking in. So uh, we are including Saturday games to give us more opportunities here. So what do you got? What's your, your favorite game this weekend? So going with the Niners minus three against the Dallas Cowboys. And uh, I, I actually picked the the Washington football team as my money line dog last week. I thought, you know, San Francisco would have some trouble with them. But I love this matchup for the Niners going against Dallas because Dallas, their run defense is non-existent. And the one strength of Kyle Shanahan, you know, he can scheme up uh, all kinds of crazy run, you know, uh, run schemes and, and get his get his guys going. That's what they need to do. They gave up two returns for touchdowns to the football team last week. Cameron Curl had one. Chase Young had one. Completely wrecked the game for them. But uh, they really gave up just nine points on defense. Did the San Francisco 49ers? And then you look at the Cowboys and where have they kind of had success? They've had success against you know bad defenses and. That's really about it. You know, they 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 scored 30 against the Bengals. They have a pretty good game against the Vikings. They're kind of mediocre on defense. Uh, but you look at the Cowboys' defense on the other side, and it doesn't really matter to the opponent. And until they played the Bengals, they were giving up points to everyone. And Bengals so, even moved the ball. Right, right. Yeah, it's just unfortunate. Uh, you know, they, they, they obviously – they're just behind the eight ball at quarterback and their running backs are all, you know, Geo got bent. So it was, it was a bad game, but this, I love this matchup for the 49ers. Uh, you know, I think Dallas getting a little bit inflated here just because, you know, they're coming off this blowout win of this terrible Cincinnati team. And we've forgotten, you know, just how bad this Cowboys team has looked. Uh, and especially that run defense, 
Uh, and that would really worry me because this Niner defense is, you know, it's getting healthier. It's It's been playing well all year, no matter really who they've lost. So uh, it's going to be really tough for the Cowboys to score. And the Cowboys really haven't stopped any team until, except the Bengals. Every team has been, you know, in the mid-20s or better against these Dallas Cowboys. So uh, going San Francisco minus three against Dallas. What I'm hearing there is the Bengals are just so bad. <laughs> and I 100% agree. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a great way to sum it up. No, nothing more needs to be said. Right, yeah. In, in the 49ers, the game script should be a lot better for them this week against the Cowboys. And you mentioned it and, you know, get their running game on track. And, and that who knows, they might throw three passes in this game. And, and Kyle Shanahan's been really annoyed about the turnovers from Nick Mullins, those two costly ones you mentioned last week. So uh, to try to fix everything at once, the Cowboys defense is the perfect one to face for the Niners in that run game. And we'll see if Raheem Mostert plays, but I don't think it matters if he plays it. Uh, whoever the 49ers put back there, they'll, they'll have a back that's good enough to uh, to gain probably some pretty decent yardage per carry against that Cowboys defense. All right, pick number two, Chris, in your Sunday six-pack, or Saturday and Sunday six-pack is? Yeah, right. Yeah, it's just... Just a six-pack, I guess. Uh, going with the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles plus six and a half against the Cardinals. And listen, we kind of knew it wouldn't get much worse. Uh, it couldn't get much worse than it was with Carson Wentz. And, you know, lo and behold, in their first game with Jalen Hurts, the Eagles put up 413 total yards of offense, their second highest total of the year, uh, against a Saints defense that ranked – top two in DVOA against their run in the past. So uh, that was that was really impressive what they did there. And, you know, now they're going to play Arizona. Arizona is a slightly above average team. They tend to play a lot of close games until, you know, until last week against the Giants. But uh, we've seen them kind of play some close games. And, you know, I think it was really encouraging to see what Philadelphia did last week uh, on both sides of the ball because they also, you know, were having some issues containing – you know, quarterbacks that had mobility. And I think, you know, they made Taysom Hill into a little bit more of a, a thrower in that game. And they're able to hold the Saints to 21 points. So uh, six and a half, I think, is a little much here. Now, the one issue for Philly, obviously, their secondary is decimated. And that's why you're kind of, you know, you're, you're kind of taking the, the value here. But uh, against Arizona, you know, it, it's really going to come down to how healthy is Kyler, um, you know, Arizona is not a team that's necessarily, you know, like Philadelphia is going to kind of drop back. They're, they're not going to blitz a ton. They can get pressure without blitzing, which is going to help a little bit against Arizona. So really, it's just kind of a bet that Philadelphia can, to some extent, replicate the game plan um, they had the previous week against a team that's inferior to the Saints. You know, the Saints top two defense and, you know, even that offense even was, you know, pretty efficient doing what they had to do up until they met Philly. So going Philly plus six and a half at Arizona. One thing I want to say, I don't disagree with anything you said, except I do think, and you kind of mentioned this too, Kyler to me looks like he's turned the corner health-wise. There's only one game, but he played more like his style. The one thing he didn't bring up though is this Arizona defense makes things happen. And that kind of came from nowhere for me. Yeah, they're they're kind of, in a lot of ways, similar to this Philly defense, but they blitz more, you know, but they're both, yeah. I think back, uh, you know, top, I think five and six in terms of pressure rate uh, on the opposing quarterback. So yeah, this Arizona defense is, is pretty good. Uh, and, you know, that's obviously, 
you know, if you didn't see the Eagles do it last week against the Saints, a top two defense and put up, you know, 400 plus yards of offense, I think you would be a lot less confident. But, you know, when you have Jalen Hurts, that's what you really need for this Eagles offense on the other side, because, you know, their receivers aren't going to get open or separate consistently. So when Hurts uh, is scrambling on 16.7 percent of his dropbacks and uh, he's picking up good yardage when he does. And then on top of that, uh, they designed 10 runs for him. It opened up the, you know, some lanes for Miles Sanders, who has been breaking big plays all year. And uh, that kind of that element returned. So uh, just kind of buying low on Philly where there's well, they're still a little bit, I think, undervalued in the market. Um, you know, go. I expect them to play another, another good game. And uh, these lines are going to start closing it, closing in a little bit on Philly. And then remember, they, they still got something to play for. You know, they're, they're not yeah. quite out of it yet. So. Uh, yeah, expect a good effort from Philly here. But yeah, this Arizona team, uh, obviously, they are right in the thick of things as well. The Hurts thing is interesting, too, with the Eagles because I think passing efficiency wasn't great in that game, but they ran like crazy. So I think there's actually even more upside for him to throw the ball better and play better, even if a team tries to realizes what they did last week and watches that film and comes up with a new plan to stop him on the ground a little bit more. So that'll be interesting to see how he adjusts to the adjustments after teams get some tape on Jalen Hurts. One of those games I am excited to see Sunday. More games that Chris is excited to see and is putting a little bit of cash on. Coming up, Peacock and Williamson with Chris Raybon of the Action Network. Are you hitting a wall? Have playoff hopes been dashed for your favorite team? Are you looking out the window realizing you have to shovel snow? Whatever that wall is, mental, physical, break through it every day with Built Go. Put it in your glove compartment, in your pocket, in your backpack, in your briefcase, in your golf bag to power through the back nine. And Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's like an energy drink without the same crash of his over-sugared beverage, and it's good for you. It's natural. It's better for your body. Three delicious flavors of Built Go, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. They are filled with protein, collagen protein specifically because it's fast absorbing, gets in your system fast, and it's easy on the stomach. Beta alanine, B vitamins, honey, and a little kick of caffeine. Visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED. You'll get 20% off your next order. That is promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. In this weekend's Week 15 six-pack of games, Chris, who is representing the Action Network for your third selection? New England Patriots plus two and a half uh, against Miami. This is a bet on Belichick stifling a... Rookie quarterback, you know, since Russell Wilson beat the Patriots in 2012, rookie quarterbacks are uh, seven and 17 straight up, I believe, against Belichick with a, a, a very lopsided touchdown to interception ratio, a lot more interceptions than touchdowns. Uh, this this is a game in which, you know, Belichick is going to kind of he knows the tendencies of Flores. They know each other well. Um, but, you know, Patriots coming off long rest, going against the Miami defense that is good against the pass, shaky against the run, perfect matchup for the Patriots because that, you know, that Miami pass defense and those cornerbacks don't really come into play as much because New England's not really trying to hit, you know, hit plays outside, outside the numbers. They're trying to run the ball. They're trying to play defense. Um, so really like this matchup here. And then, of course, you know, Tongue of Iloa is going to be without Mike Gesicki, who's been making a lot of plays for the them in the passing game. Devontae Parker banged up. You really have – and that receiving core, I mean, 
you know, Parker's a guy that you can take away if you're Belichick. That's kind of what he does. And you're really kind of thinning out on that Miami receiving core. Uh, if you take if you take him out of the mix with no Mike Gesicki, so uh, betting on the, the the Pats and Belichick to just stifle the the, the rookie QB here. Um, this line's probably around one now. I think it's moved since we bet it, but uh, like the Patriots to to win to win the game actually. So um, taking them at plus two and a half, but I would take them down to a, a pick. Maybe the money line's the move then. Obviously, I, I like like what you're selling here because. I really don't think you mentioned him. Neither one of these teams has high power weaponry at all. I can't see a lot of points being scored. I think it's close. And Miami is the master of the hidden yardage, special teams and, you know, those type of things. And that's Belichick's wheelhouse. You know, I mean, the bet on Belichick here against his former disciple and rookie quarterback seems like a good one to me. Real quick, I know it wouldn't matter to Belichick. But the Pats aren't dead yet either, right? They're not. They're not. Yeah, if they beat yeah. Miami, it makes things a lot more interesting. Right. So, uh, yeah, I, I think the Patriots are going to be very well motivated. Both of these teams are. And, yeah, it's going to be a great matchup. I would expect this game to go under because I would expect it to be tight uh, with not a lot of mistakes. And as you mentioned, Matt, not a lot of weaponry either on offense for these right, two. Right, right. Yeah, the, uh, the Pats would be 500 if they won this game. It could potentially sneak in at 9-7, and seven, but they would absolutely need a lot of help from – uh, from multiple teams there to get in. All right, let's keep it going. Pick number four in the Sunday six-pack. Denver plus six going against Buffalo here. Uh, Buffalo playing really well. So, you know, tough. You know, this is where we start to get in some, you know, values get a little bit tighter. But like the Broncos in this spot, you know, going against a, a Buffalo team on short rest, you know, Broncos playing a lot better, I think, on offense. And, you know, they do have the run game to at least kind of, you know, keep stay, stay, stay on schedule on offense. On the other side, you know, the Broncos, Vic Fangio is going to come up with a, a solid game plan on defense. They are down some cornerbacks, obviously, but, uh, you know, it's going to be tough. Josh Allen, the Bills, you know, they've been on a real hot streak here. Uh, and, you know, it's a little bit of a letdown spot, short week going to mile high late in the season. One of, you know, there's really been no home field advantage this year, uh, but the Broncos, you know, mile high this time of year, one of the few teams you do give, you know, little half point point bump here uh, to Denver. So just kind of a tough spot for, for Buffalo. They probably win the game, but uh, I think Denver can keep it close and uh, was impressed how they came out, you know, against Carolina last week as well, you know, Drew Locke probably played his best game of the year. So uh, that was encouraging. Got, got a uh, handler involved. You know, that's, that's good to see as well. So uh, Denver has the pieces to kind of stay with uh, Buffalo and, and kind of play them. Remember, I think it was maybe two, three weeks ago, the chargers played a pretty good defensive game against the bills. Um, didn't quite, didn't quite do enough on offense to, uh, you know, to, to, to stay close, but uh, I think you can see a similar uh, game from Denver, similar also to the way they played Kansas city a couple weeks ago when it was 22 to to 16, Denver can hang with, with, with the elite teams. I think, uh, even if they're not winning the game. Yeah. I I like where you're going with this one. I mean, I, I think that there's a natural small letdown from the bills beating up on the Steelers on national TV on a, you know, a, a late game where everyone's watching young upstart Bills team. Maybe you do take Denver a little bit lightly. Just, I mean, just a natural letdown. Playing in Denver absolutely is an advantage, as you mentioned. 
And I think Denver can hang with anyone, like you said. I, I think they're a team just in a, a vacuum that I kind of want to bet on versus public opinion. Absolutely. You know, they're not going to get any respect. You know, even last week, you know, they, they knock off Carolina as an underdog, but everyone's looking like, ah, it's Carolina. You know, but Carolina's been competitive uh, all season long, another well-coached team. So, and, and that's what I think, you know, Denver's pretty well-coached, uh, especially on defense, uh, which always, always helps keep you in games. I think that's one of the keys. Yeah, they're well-coached on defense, the Broncos are, and Drew Locke's record is actually really good as the starter for the Broncos, even though he's been up and down. So they're a sneaky team that I think a lot of people probably looking at their 5-8 and eight record don't respect their ability to potentially knock off a really good team. So this is a good dog. I like that one at home. Minus six for the Broncos. Pick number five. One last in... thing on the Broncos. Oh, sure. I think they are also the. I think Drew Locke is also the Blake Bortles garbage time king that right now. You know, just <laughs> if they're down twenty, he's gonna keep throwing, and he's got yeah. weapons, and you know what I mean. Like they come back even when they get outplayed. Absolutely, especially yeah, yeah. That's well said because now they have those those uh, explosive weapons, those young explosive weapons on the receiving core, uh, so they can you know you, you could throw it up to any one of those guys now you know. Hamware can separate down the field. Mm -hmm. Judy's really having the most issues for whatever reason, but, uh, you know, Tim Patrick's been a pleasant surprise as well. Yeah, the Judy one is somewhat of a head-scratcher, but Hamler went off last week, and, and he can get open out of the slot against a lot of teams, and, and Locke's definitely not afraid of slinging it down the field and He'll has that it. arm. Yeah, so yeah, interesting team there in Denver. We'll see how that, that offseason looks. All right, where are we? Pick number five in this weekend's six-pack. Who do you like, Chris? The Rams minus 17 against the Jets. Uh, this is we're, we're closing, we're close, we're on the home stretch now. There's maybe three, three games left to bet against Adam Gase, who is five and 19 against the spread, uh, in his career when he's a road underdog of more than uh, five points, and that includes a two and eight against the spread record when his team is a double digit underdog, uh, and one and three with a spread of 17 or more. So these are spots that Adam Gase has failed to cover in the past. Uh, this Rams team, you look at what Seattle did. And I actually took Seattle, you know, had Seattle last week in 40 to three. Well, this Rams team beat Seattle 24, 13, a couple weeks ago. I think this Rams team is better than Seattle. The jets going on the, you know, going back out to the West coast for a second straight week. You know, they, they had that big letdown a couple weeks ago against the Raiders where that was like, that was their one win. You know, this is going to, you know, after losing the way they did to Seattle, this is going to seem like a, a, another daunting task for them. The Rams advantages everywhere you look. I mean, on offense, you know, the Jets aren't going to get pressure, disrupt Goff. Uh, on defense, the Rams have the cornerbacks to take away really the only weapons for the Jets are their wide receivers, right? You know, you have Mims, you have Crowder, you have Perriman. They're getting nothing from the tight end. They're getting nothing from the running back out of the backfield because you're still playing Frank Gore, a ton of snaps. So, you have Ramsey and, and company to shut down those receivers. How did the Jets score points? It's, you know, just tough matchup for the Jets. So expecting another huge uh, blowout uh, coming for Adam Gase. Coming I to mean, the Jets, Gase. Jets have nothing and they've, they've hung it up, obviously. And all the points you made, of course, are true. I mean, the Rams are better than the Jets is what you said there in so many words. I think it just comes down to do you have the stones delay the 17 and a half or not? Yeah, I, I mean, it's, I, we got it at 17. Usually don't do, you know, make, make these kind of bets. Really, Adam Gase is, I think, the only coach at this point uh, I would do it against because he's <laughs> historically proven to fail the cover and fail to get his team up for these spots. Because, yeah, usually you see a big double-digit uh, 
road dog and you can hold your nose and kind of take that that road dog and you're going to cover more often than not but uh the jets under adam gase and just gase in general even going back to his miami tenure uh has been a trend breaker it's just uh you know and, and he's not really working with much that's the other thing you know the jets banged up talent deficit and they just don't match up well with this ram team who Again, the cornerbacks, I think, are just it, – it's a real issue for, for the Jets here because, you know, they don't get anything from any other position uh, outside of wide receiver in the pass game. Yeah. I raised my eyebrow last week when Matt took the Seahawks, and I think it was minus 13.5, minus 14. And then I thought about it and it was like, well, yeah, I guess you, you, you can't make the line – you can't make it 37 points, right? So, like, <laughs> what number – and, and and it's actually grown. Vegas is like, well, I guess we got to make it a little bigger. Minus 17. We'll see how that goes. But like, how big would this line have to be for you to not take the Rams over the Jets and maybe take the Jets in this game? 20? I mean, no, nah, nah, 17, probably my limit. Like, you know, now you're because, you you know, you're, you're, you're just getting up there. Um, You want that kind of, you know, two, two touchdowns in a field goal cushion. Once you're getting past that, it is it is dicey. It's still an NFL team. But you kind of look at the, the situations and even the recent play. I mean, Seahawks beat the Jets 40 to three. The Rams beat the Patriots uh, 24 to three. Now they do get a, uh, a pick six. So really more like 17 to three but you got to remember that this is far from a belichick defense that the jets are trotting out so you expect the rams to be able to uh to score more points and i don't know if we expect the jets to to hit double digits so i mean another three-point game could be uh in the cards for them so uh yeah it's very rare we go here but it's adam Gase, and they might get another pick six with the way darnold's throwing the ball Right. Everywhere, yeah, anyway. So, and he's just completely broken too, because that's the other problem. Is like, well, yeah, he, there's hope for him, and he can make some big plays, and, and we've seen flashes from him, but he just seems so broken mentally. I don't know what's going on there with with him. It's been such a tough situation. I don't know if any rookie quarterback had a worse situation. Definitely not from that 2018 draft. So, um, yeah, I'm with I mean, you. He's not a rookie anymore. That's we're, true. We're like well, yeah. dropbacks in his career. He's just not very good. Right. He's not good, and he's getting worse. <laughs> and I don't know if there's anybody that can save him. All right, let's finish it up. Pick six in this week. 15 six-pack for the Action Network. Chris, who you got? The Giants plus four and a half. And uh, this, is a, this is a dicey one. But you will remember that until last week, the Giants were every game, one possession game, uh, you know, extremely close and, and extremely well coached. Now, uh, Joe Judge, for, pretty, for the first time in a long time, got out coached last week. Um, expect them to to come back with a better game plan. And this line, I think, is, you know, it's it's a it's definitely inflated from if you just kind of project it out. And even if you know you put Colt McCoy in there, regardless of who you put in there, um, you know, this line should be closer to three, three and a half. But uh, you, you know, the Browns, they did put up 40, what, 42 points on the Ravens, even in a loss, and, and the Giants get blown out last week. So just buying low uh on the Giants at home here against Cleveland. Think that uh, they should be able, it should be another game where they're able to, to keep it close. And, you know, wouldn't be shocked if they were able to hang around and, and pull the upset. But, um, you know, just picking a, another team that's well coached generally and has stuck in every game, but the San Francisco game, uh, the Pittsburgh game in Arizona, uh, every other game has been within, you know, four or five points for the Giants. So uh, going with them here as a four and a half point dog against Cleveland at home. 
I mean, you mentioned the Browns putting up points and their offense is really coming around and humming. But of course, they're run first. And I really think those Giants defensive linemen are really a good group and difficult to run against. I also think Daniel Jones was probably brought back a week too early and they probably regret that even if he doesn't play this week. I would think you get more out of the quarterback position. And that crazy Browns-Ravens game, no one talks about how bad the defenses were. I mean, this Browns D is problematic. Yeah, their safety, uh, Ronnie Harrison, he went on IR and he was their, you know, one of their two highest graded players in coverage from Pro Football Focus. Uh, We'll see if they get Denzel Ward back. But yeah, this Browns defense has struggled and they've played a very, very easy schedule as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and, you know, not that the Giants are are juggernauts or anything, but that's the whole point. You just kind of expect like the Giants to have another one of those games like they had against Seattle where, you know, they can stifle Mayfield. The Giants are actually top 10 in pressure rate. So, you know, they can give Mayfield some problems. Remember, he's bottom two uh, in passer rating under pressure, even though he has played well, uh, you know, at times this season uh, very well. But uh, this is the kind of game where, especially with the Browns, you know, they're they're still like in, in that in the thick of that playoff race. This this could actually be a little bit of a letdown game for them, even though uh, they they're coming off a loss just because it's a short short week. They really went played a back and forth game. I mean, forty you know forty seven forty two. Guys have to be exhausted, and, and you mentioned it. The defense just it, it hasn't been where I think it needs to be uh, for them to kind of consistently uh, win. You know, beat. You know, consistently kind of feel. You know, feel good about. Okay, this they're going to handle business. Like it, it could be a lot closer uh, than, than we think. Chris, I got to ask you, what is the scene like at Action Network HQ, or if everybody's at home with the with the the Action Network chat room? when there's a crazy backdoor cover like there was at the end of that Monday night game with the safety <laughs> as time ticked off the clock and, and a lot of people had that game at three points and then it goes from three points to five points. What's that like? Is everyone going nuts? Yeah, so, you know, we have a channel, uh, like our social channel where everyone's kind of, you know, the minute something happens, everyone's kind of, you know, bugging out. And it's just, it, it really depends on who has what. Uh, and, and a lot of times, you know, whoever's on our social will just like tweet something snarky from the handle or like, you know, you know, kind of make fun of the other side of whoever. But yeah, it's, it's always fun. I mean, we do, we do a live show uh, called convince me on 11 AM on the action H action network HQ Twitter handle. And uh, where, so it's like me, myself, Sean corner and Matthew Friedman, we have to convince uh, Chad Millman of, you know, a bet. And we like, we do a side, a total and a prop. And he can pick one of our three. So we're always just talking junk, you know, depending on like who, you know, who's bet covers and who doesn't. Like if somebody goes 0-3, like they're not going to hear the end of it. So, yeah, it's it's, it's really fun. I bet it's fun. Those kind of situations. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. All right. Find Chris on Twitter at Chris Raybon. Find all of his work at ActionNetwork.com. Chris, always a pleasure. Thanks so much. Uh, I'm disappointed we're only going to get to talk to you a couple more times because the season is quickly closing down at least the regular season is but uh have so much fun and learn so much from you and uh, and i love all the great data you bring every thursday here to the program yeah always a pleasure guys and uh we'll be doing we'll be sticking around for the playoffs so if you guys uh if you guys want to partake uh just hit me up but uh, yeah we'll we'll keep it going for throughout the season Uh, we got to work out some kind of angle to have you on and talk about some of these playoff games for sure let's do it all right right, guys take care We all know how different this football season has been, and it has been extremely different in so many numerous ways. But Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. 
this season. And if you're like us, you watch all the games all day, every day, watch them again, taking notes, all the data that Chris brings to the show, all the scouting knowledge Matt brings. That doesn't happen by accident. When you watch that much ball, you need a lot of refreshment. And Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out all the latest football watching content from Pepsi. Matt, there was one note in our stock up, stock down I didn't get to, and it's a pretty obvious stock up for a couple of Chiefs pass catchers, their tight end and wide receiver, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. That combination of tight end wide receiver doing some historic things this season with the numbers they're putting up. And uh, one of our questions from Tuesday we didn't get to from uh, Coach Lammers, he says, why does it take tight ends so long to develop in the NFL? Seems to take them longer than any other position. And uh, those two tight end uh, related topics I want to talk about just for a second before we talk about this Chargers Raiders game on Thursday night football which features one of the better tight ends in the league and Darren Waller for the Raiders but there's been so much you talked about how Travis Kelsey could be the the league or the fantasy MVP what with what he's doing at tight end I mean we're talking about all-time stats here 20 combined touchdowns 2,000 plus yards combined um, almost a what, 150 catches already for Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey combined. And it's getting to the point where we're talking about maybe the greatest combined season all time for a wide receiver and a tight end on the same team. Yeah, I mean, what Kelsey's doing is just remarkable. Um, A lot there to unpeel because these are the numbers that I know about the tight end position is usually right around that their 27th birthday is when tight ends peak, which is a long time in the league. I mean, that's basically your first contract is behind you at that point most often where receivers and running backs are like five years younger. And I remember sitting in the fantasy summit at ESPN the year that Eric Ebron came out as a top 10 pick and we were really fighting where are we going to rank Ebron as a rookie? I mean, he's a super high, high pick. And so many of the people just said, no, no, no on rookie tight ends. And here's the long, long list of all the busts that are get overdrafted in fantasy. And it was extremely convincing. And along those lines, which I think kind of answers the question, the great tight ends, think Witten, Olsen, Heath Miller, Gonzalez, Gates. I mean, there's a long, long list. Those guys play forever and they can't, they run like me and you, you know, they're 35 years old. They just learn (laughs) how to sit down in zones and shield people with their body. I mean, those guys I mentioned, I bet their last season in the league, they averaged running a five, three. I mean, I'm not even exaggerating. Remember like Gates couldn't yeah, even Gates get out of a stance, couldn't you move, know, like, but he's got those ball skills and he can box you out and he's got soft hands yeah. and his quarterback can trust exactly where he's going to be. And he can still block a little bit. Right. And so that's my point is I think there's so many nuances of that position as a receiver, but also as a blocker that once you learn them, you stick around forever, you know, and a lot of it's red zone oriented Gronk and, you know, Jimmy Graham right now, those guys can't run, you know, and these athletes that come out, don't know it. So it takes a while to learn those traits. And once you do, you have great longevity and, you know, reliability and your quarterback leans on you. But I'm also open to the idea that 
it's contrary to the Ebron conversation, which was many moons ago, obviously, nobody cares about blocking anymore. You know, it used to be <laughs> you got to learn to be a tackle and a wide receiver all right. in one. Now, give me Evan Ingram in the first round and run routes. I don't care if you block anybody. So I do think that it's less than it was before. Like, if we do this study 10 years from now, I bet their peak age goes down dramatically from 27 years old. And probably still a little bit longer to develop. But yeah, the short answer to that question about why it takes longer, and you just mentioned it, because it takes twice as long because you're learning two positions. You're learning to be an offensive lineman and a wide receiver at the same time. So it's just going to take a little bit of extra time. And you're, I mean, you're talking about a 21, 22-year-old coming into the league that, that's asked to block some defensive ends sometimes. So you got to be strong. you got to be tough. you got to be smart. And I think there's a reason a lot of tight ends go on into becoming Becoming a good coaches as well because you learn so much about the game. You have to know so much about an offense. Yeah, and two other notes there too. You kind of touched on it. The the NFL edge defenders nowadays too are ridiculously better than the ones they faced in college. I mean, just then yes. it's an elite group more than any time I can remember. And another big thing about the nuances of running routes from the tight end position is recognizing coverages. I mean, there's so few coverages that they see at Oklahoma, Mississippi, wherever, compared to at the NFL level. And sometimes you have to adjust on the fly, sit down in the right spot, and that takes experience. Yeah, I mean, what routes are tight ends running in college anyway, right? They're, they're right. not doing anything near what they're going to be asked to do in the NFL from a technique standpoint and from a, um, just being really really sharp you know, and timing and things like that. Usually it's just like, okay, you're an athlete, go get open against you know, some D2. Yeah. Linebackers, they can't cover you. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Let's talk Thursday night football. We've got an AFC West matchup this week. The Raiders fighting for their playoff lives at seven and six, hosting the four and nine Chargers. And speaking of tight ends, it took a little while. Darren Waller was a wide receiver from a triple option offense at Georgia Tech, and then went through a bunch of issues on and off the field, and became a pretty darn good tight end. And he could be a factor in this game. Yeah, absolutely. The Raiders need this one bad. They do not look like a playoff team to me, but they're still above water. Uh, They are the more desperate team, I would imagine. But I don't think they're playing well at all, especially on defense. I think the defense has been flat out exposed, but there's a new defensive coordinator. Uh, The Chargers, I love their talent, but all their passing since Eklar has been back has been very, very conservative and short. Like, all of a sudden, they've reeled in Herbert when Eckler came back. I thought it'd be the opposite. You know, like, just make Eckler a nice comp, comp piece and keep Herbert doing what he's doing, which is, you know, reason number 38 that I don't like this coaching staff. I don't have a feel for picking the game, but I'm excited to watch it. I, I don't really feel like I know exactly what either one of these teams are at this stage of the season. I don't either. I will... Lay the three points. I, I just feel like those points aren't quite enough, even though mm-hmm. I, I believe that just about anything could happen in this game. And I don't, it's hard because you look at the Raiders and it's like, okay, they've, they've played some really bad defense this year and they've had some players banged up, which makes that even more difficult. And I could see the chargers with Eckler and, you know, some of the weapons they have on offense and, you know, rookie quarterback that's proven he can sling it in this league, put up some points on that Raiders defense and on offense it's like who are they on offense and Josh Jacobs is banged up and there's games where Henry Ruggs you know can get deep and get open and make big plays and we've seen some big games from Waller we've seen some big games from 
offense. Aguilar, them. Aguilar yeah, Aguilar right, yeah. has had some big games. And then, but who do you count on? What, what do you count on there at the Raiders? And that's why I'm having a tough time believing in the Raiders week to week and believing they're going to make their way into the playoffs. I still like them over the Chargers, so I'll give up those three points, but really just have no idea which way this game could go. And it's a division opponent playing a couple times a year. You get to know each other. You can almost throw that stuff out the window in a lot of cases anyway. I think I'll take the points just because I think they're they're pretty equal matchup right now. There you go. Thursday night football, week 15. It's December. It's getting cold out. It won't be too cold in Las Vegas. There might be a little bit of rain on the ground, though. It's it's raining in the West this week, but not like the 10 inches of snow you got, right? Oh, yeah. I'm actually about to fire up the uh, snowblower as soon as we hang up here. I should have done it late last night, but did not. I mean, the driveway <laughs> is like halfway up to my knee. Oh, no, I don't envy that. I like the snow, but I like to be able to go travel to the snow, leave it there, and then come back down the hill and not have to deal with it around my home. Nice warm toddy and yeah, yeah. go home. All right. <laughs> all right, fantastic stuff. Have a good weekend, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow to talk Check about out. all the Sunday games. Make our Sunday six-pack right here at Peacock and Williamson.